0: Hello and welcome to ZF1 Amateur hosted by me, Humara Ruth. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing great. And uh, welcome to today's podcast. Today, I am going to be taking you through the race that just happened. I think less than two hours ago it was the f1 race in portugal or you'd call it the portuguese grand Prix, that we had in Portimao, to be specific at the Algarve international circuit it is also been the third race of the season and uh, i got to enjoy that and i thought why not share it on today's podcast now top speed at the Algarve International Circuit for Formula 1 would definitely be 212 miles per hour. The circuit has two DRS zones which are located around turn 4 and turn 5. And as usual, like the past few races we've had in Formula 1, the drivers had to choose between three different sets of tyres. The softest tyres, which are the fastest, but they rupture quite fast as well. The median tyres, which are a bit balanced, and the hard tyres, which are more long-lasting during the race. The track temperatures were 4 Degrees, which means it's a bit dry there, and there was a lot of wind, I should say. So, drivers got the opportunity to run two different compounds of tires while racing. The number of laps we did this time around was 66 laps, and uh, we got to enjoy them. Before we dive into the race, let me give you the results of qualifying, but before we do that. Sorry for the interruption, but if you love Formula E motorsports, you definitely will love my new podcast called Z Formula E podcast, which is all about Formula E. What's happening in the races, what's happening in the tracks, what's with the drivers and what Formula E embodies. So look for Z Formula E podcast on your favorite podcasting platform or Google Z Formula E podcast. Also, I am a woman with many passions, as you know. If you love Uganda and you'd love to know more about Uganda, why not listen to my podcast dedicated to the beauty of Uganda? The podcast is called Z Humara Show, available on all podcasting platforms, or you can Google Z Humara Show. Alright, let's go back to Formula One. Welcome back from that short. Break now. I watched uh, some of the sessions of Friday, the practice sessions that we have in Formula One, and not much really happened that I should tell you about. Except, I think in Friday, the first practice session on Friday, Carlos Sainz Jr.'s drive step, driver step fell off, and so there was a bit of debris on the ground, but that was cleared. And we also got to see and um, Calum Eilot doing some reserve driver work for Alfa Romeo. He, in fact, got to take out the Alfa Romeo car on the circuit, which I thought was amazing because he. He has been a long time in waiting for us to see him um, be on the track. I think he was supposed to have a test session in an F1 car, I think was it last year... In, in Europe at a European track, I've forgotten, but then the practice session was cancelled because of bad weather, and so he missed out his opportunity to be in an F1 car on a track. But good enough. And then he was supposed to have a second opportunity, something else happened. But thank God the third time was a charm, and he got to sit in the Alfa Romeo car, which is pretty, pretty brilliant. Now, qualifying, here's how it we went on pole position Valtteri Bottas. Pole position, well done to him, the 17th career pole him Second P2 Lewis Hamilton P3 Max Verstappen P4 Sergio Perez P5 Carlos Sainz Jr P6 Esteban Ocon P7 Lando Norris P8 Charles Leclerc P9 Pierre Gasly P10 Sebastian Vettel P11 George Russell P12 Antonio Giovinazzi P13 Fernando Alonso. P14, Yuki Tsunoda, P15, Kimi Raikkonen, P16, Daniel Ricciardo, P17, Lance Stroll, P18, Nicholas Latifi, P19, Mick Schumacher, and P20. Uh, Nikita Mazepin unfortunately at the bottom now the Haas team has really struggled in um, qualifying the car doesn't really have the pace that they would like it to have and nowadays I wonder what I kind of I can't help but think it those things happen you know sometimes I think oh what if Mick Schumacher actually went to um, Alfa Romeo because if you remember did you watch drive to survive 2019 no 2020 the drive to survive season which was released I think February this year sure uh, Schumacher had, the, it looked as though sure Schumacher had the, the option of choosing between Alfa Romeo and the Haas F1 team, but he instead went to Haas. Now, when I see this performance, when I see this qualifying, I just keep thinking, oh, did he make a bad choice? But then again, it's too early to tell. We're only about three races into the season, so it's a bit too early to tell. Another disappointing qualification that I saw was Daniel Ricciardo, P16, that was that was very unfortunate that was very sad but we'll see what happened later on in the race whether he made up for that or he did not yuki order his third formula one race he qualified p14 not too bad not too good as well um fernando alonso qualifying p13 um I'm not really sure about that, but um, it's not too bad and not too good as well. Hopefully, he will make up the places in the race as we see uh, there in the future. Um, another exciting person we got to see was uh, George Russell, who has done 40 Grand Prix for Williams. Pretty exciting. He came close to being in Q3, but ended up qualifying P11. So nevertheless, he did quite well. And let's hope what happened to him in the last race in Imola didn't happen this race. I don't want to spoil the race. I just watched it, but. Yeah, So we did well and excited. This one got off and excited. Sebastian Vettel was in Q3 qualifying P10. Now that was pretty great considering the fact that we know Sebastian Vettel, four time world champion. He's been had, he had a bit of trouble. Not a bit of trouble. He had, I wouldn't say a trouble, but he wasn't performing as well as we expected him to perform at Ferrari and then Aston Martin in the beginning. It wasn't so good. Remember Bahrain where he was. Uh, Penalised, he had to begin at the bottom of the grid, and then in the race he he crashed just about a corner, and then he got a penalty for that. It was just going so 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 bad, and to see him now qualifying P ten that's a bit of a relief for us, I should say. Pierre Gasly P9, that's pretty good. charlotte claire P8. Last time he qualified, I think P4, so that's a bit of a drop, but that's okay. Same to London Norris, who qualified. I think London Norris qualified P4, P5 last race, but uh, this time around he qualified P7. Esteban Ocon had the highest qualifying start for himself since the last race, no, since the race in Spa last year. So this time around he qualified P6, which was pretty, pretty brilliant. Now, P2 and P3, P2 went to Lewis Hamilton, P3 went to Max Verstappen, and these two have been fighting in a championship together. At the end of the last race we had in Emola, if you didn't listen to it, please go through the podcast. You should even subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you'd like. It helps a lot. But in the previous um, race, which I also reviewed on the podcast, Lewis Hamilton at the end of the race um, was 44 points in the driver's standings, And Max Verstappen was 43 points in the driver's standings. So these two have been battling it out head to head fighting for that title this year round, which is exciting to see. Valtteri Bottas on pole position, pretty good, decent performance I should say. I have to say I was super excited to see Valtteri Bottas in pole position. Um last the last race we had in Nimala ah, oh, it was not nice. You Remember, he had a, a, a crash alongside George Russell. George Russell and Bottas crashed into each other, and there's like this sort of debate on the internet whose fault was it, whose fault was it not. And uh, George Russell believed it was Bottas's fault, and I think Bottas believed it was George Russell's fault. So it was a bad race, and I think he was about to be lapped by um, Lewis Hamilton, so that wasn't good at all. And he was riding down in the bottom 10, so it wasn't good at all. To see him on Paul this time around, that's a, that's how we leave 17th career pole. Excited to see him that way and you should also remember that i think this portugal circuit is has been a good one for Bottas because last year he topped all the 2020 practice sessions he was super fast last year and actually i think finished p3 in the grand prix and he also bagged the fastest lap as well in portugal so portugal is one of his strong circuits so no need to worry. I think it some like it's that are good for him and some are not or maybe it depends on the days themselves. And let's go back to Daniel Ricciardo there for a bit. Six 6- P16, Not we don't usually see Ricciardo down there so it's a bit disappointing. But then he had just moved to a new team and I think these things always happen a lot to drivers when they switch teams when vetter switched to ferrari and he was dropping down the leaderboard although that happened for like five years so i can't say he was being new but yeah new drivers tend to have a bit of an issue you know in there you look at the house drivers they're at the bottom of the grid and let me see which Fernando Alonso learns of p does he's also a newcomer in his team well he raced with renault before but he had taken a bit a bit of a break in f1 and then you see yuki Tsunoda also so I'm going to say, (laughs) when you join a new team, you have to adjust so maybe that pushes you down the grid for the first few races. And anyway, we have 23 races to go. Let's not lose hope in that one. But what I wanted to say was that the last time a McLaren driver, this is a fact I had in Sky Sports F1, the last time a McLaren driver did not finish, did not qualify in Q3, they ended up on the podium. And that, I think, was Carlos Sainz Jr., Brazil, probably 2019 or 2020. I'm gonna go with 2019, yeah, that's when it happened. But yeah, let's see how it goes. So, as I said before, we're racing in Portugal, we're now going into the race. That was a qualifying session. I hope it was informative. And we're doing 66 laps uh, around. I love this circuit, in fact. I think um, Crofty described it as a roller coaster and I have to say I agree there's points when you're you know racing at a high altitude and then you can't see what's, you know you can't see the track you actually see the sky and then when you get to the end of that high altitude you'd slope down it's like you you go down like a roller coaster would and then you make a curve and then you go into a corner and then you turn around and then you go DRS and then you climb up a hill again and then it's just like a roller coaster which is something that I like about it it's beautiful I have to say the track is is beautiful, and the scenery around is gorgeous as well. Lots of green, and and it's very lush and lovely. So 66 laps in, two DRS zones. I told you about 212 miles miles per hour maximum and driving limit. I reckon. So the race began. Lights out. Away we went. It was great until lap two when Kimi Raikkonen. I think what I saw on the replay was that one Alfa Romeo, the fright. Uh, I just called it a fright the right front tire of an Alfa Romeo touched the left rear tires of another Alfa Romeo so it was a bit of a collusion there and Kimi Raikkonen ended up losing half of his front wing in fact he ended up on the gravel he couldn't continue the race which prompted a full yellow flag now To be honest, I think it was Kimi Raikkonen that touched his fellow driver, but um, no further investigation was done for that. Now, we got the safety car out in lap 2, and uh, by that time, this was how the grid was lined up. It was Bottas in 1st place, Lewis Hamilton in 2nd, Verstappen in 3rd, Carlos Sainz Jr. in 4th, Sergio Perez in 5th, Landon Norris in 6th, Esteban Ocon in 7th, Charles Leclerc, in 8th place, ninth place, Pierre Gasly, 10th place, Sebastian Vettel. The bottom 10 were George Russell in 11th, Antonio Giovinazzi in 12th, Daniel Ricciardo in 13th. He had moved up three places. Remember, he qualified P3. Uh, Fernando Alonso in 14th place. He had dropped up a position. Yuki Sonoda in 15th place, Lance Stroll in 16th, Nicolas Latif in 17th place, Mick Schumacher in 18th place, and Nikita Mazepin in 19th place. And then Kimi Raikkonen ended up not finishing the race because he had really damaged his car and he couldn't go any farther. But for a man who has completed over 17,000 laps in F1, I think that shouldn't put him down really too much. That shouldn't put him down too much. Now, as we were under the safety car, the safety car took us, I think, through about four laps i should say so lap four under the safety car Well, lot of comes on radio and he says that his brakes are very very hot and he doesn't know what to do about them and i think it was an issue with about moving behind the safety car you have to move a bit slowly you don't overtake and then you don't drive too fast and so i don't know it does something to the car itself so the safety car ended in lap six and immediately the safety car ended of course Valtteri Bottas was leading the race just drifted off Tried to go so far and behind him was Lewis Hamilton and of course Verstappen was in third but not for so long because Max overtook Lewis on a turn immediately after the safety car so it was Bottas leading the race Max Verstappen p2 and Lewis Hamilton p3 I mean Max was so fast I didn't even see how that overtake happened I didn't even understand what really happened there but anyway we'll explain more overtakes this happen in the race in ahead there. Now, Londoner is also moved up into fourth position after being in sixth under the safety car esther bono on the other hand dropped to eighth place after being in seventh place you see there were so many overtakes that were happening the moment the safety car came in everyone was switching places it was the driving to survive moment there the, um george russell dropped to 14th place from 11th place immediately after the safety car was away and daniel ricardo moved up to 11th place from 13th place Lance Stroll also did a move he moved up to 14th place from 16th place Now, five laps in, because the safety car ended in about lap six. So, five, six laps in on lap 11. Lewis Hamilton was on Max Verstappen's neck. And he actually fought him so hard to take the P2 position back with Valtteri Bottas leading the race. So, it was Bottas leading the race. Lewis had just overtaken Max. And uh, Max Verstappen was in P3. By lap 12, London. Um, Pierre, uh, sub- sorry about that. <laughs> Sergio Perez was communicating on the radio to his race engineer because he wanted the FIA to investigate Landon Norris for overtaking him and um, by exceeding track limits. Now, I explained this before on the podcast in Formula One, you're not supposed to gain an advantage by having four of your tires or you your tires off the track itself and on the curb. When you race off the car and you gain an advantage, that's called exceeding track limits, and you're supposed to get a penalty or you give back a place if you've overtaken. So Pierre Gasly wanted the FIA to investigate Landon Norris overtaking him and gaining the fourth position, you know, through track limits. And so naturally, Perez was in P5, and he claimed that not, um, Landon Norris exceeded the track limits. While that was still being investigated, we're on to lab 13 and Yuki Sinoda, who was in P16, was warned on the radio for exceeding track limits. In fact, this, this was his second warning, and um, they were telling him that if he goes on to exceed them one more time or more times, he could get a black and white flag, and thereafter, if he continues exceeding them, he'll get a five second penalty. Now, Yuki Sinoda is no stranger to this because in Imola, he was at the was it Imola? Yes, he was also exceeding track limits so much that he got a black and white flag. But he's a rookie, but then again, I expect ah, okay, this is just my expectation. I really don't want to put so much pressure out there (laughs) that he should by now he would not be, you know, exceeding track limits because this is something he has. Struggled with I should say he has been doing a lot even in Imola like he did the same now by lap 15 Sergio Perez was ahead of Landa Norris now he was currently p4 he had overtake he had been given his place back and Landa Norris was p5 which means that either I think race control instructed Landa Norris to give Sergio Perez his place back because they must have investigated and found out that um, Sergio Perez's claims were true on the downside george russell had dropped down to p16 from p14 so it wasn't going well he dropped down to the very first place he was in while under the safety car by lap 18 here's how the grid was standing it was Bottas leading the race hamilton behind him verstappen behind hamilton Perez in P4, Landon Norris in P5, Carlos Sanz Jr. P6, Charles Leclerc P7, Esteban Ocon in P8, Pierre Gasly P9, and Daniel Ricciardo in P10. The 11th place was to Sebastian Vettel, Antonio Giovinazzi came in, in 12th, Fernando Alonso in 13th, Lance Stroll was in 14th, Yuki Tsunoda in 15th, George Russell in 16th, Nicolas Latifi in 17th, Schumacher in 18th and Nikita Mazepen in 19th with Kimi Raikkonen still out of the race. Now I just talked about um, Daniel Ricciardo being in P10 but what happened is that he overtook his former teammate Sebastian Vettel and pushed Sebastian Vettel to P11 and pushed himself into P10. Now what happened there was a turn that everyone was overtaking on but we'll get to that later because a lot of overtakes were on that turn so the thing is um, just imagine, um, how should I describe this? But as you get out of the pits, you come, you know, the pits are in a higher level. And as you get out of the pits, it's a slope. And then you rejoin the race. And, um, as you rejoin the race, that, that, um, I was going to call it a road, but the track itself is in a higher level. And then you slope down to join the area where you get out the pits from. It's that description, right? Probably my English is a bit of, um trouble there to understand but i hope you understood that but yeah that 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 area because right after you get at the pits a few seconds maybe one or two you into another turn to you i think i would say to your left so that area around there there was a lot of overtakes that were happening and yeah sure enough lap twenty, two laps down the road lewis is on that slope that i just described goes in the outside of botas and overtakes botas so he starts leading the race See, the thing about that town, I'm going to describe, I'm going to try and describe it again because I really want to. So, I told you, Portimao, the circuit is, is, is like a roller coaster. You have some places that are, are high and then you go down. You actually, as you're driving, Louis Hamilton did a video on YouTube explaining the track itself. As you're driving on some place parts if you're high up you just see the sky you don't see that you know that that slope down below you until you get to it and then you actually slope and then you you make a turn and then you make another turn and you, you're you like a straight and straight and straight and then you go up again and then you go around and then you come back and then you slope so it's it's a bit like that and there's this turn that i talked about that I was just saying previously that where you coming you come from a straight if you want to go to the pits probably on the right you you go you, you choose to go into the pits on your right, and then if you go to the pits on your right, you're gonna to go to the pits pit, get your tires changed, get out on and you get out as you slope and then you rejoin the circuit. Now, if you don't go to the pit, you're gonna come straight as you see the sky in front of you, and then you slope down. So I don't know if you understand that, but as you slope down, you can meet someone coming out of the pit. So that's the example I'm trying to give you. So what happened? Lab 20, they're on the slope, Valtteri Bottas is ahead, Lewis Hamilton is in P2, Max will stop in P3. But before Max could get to Lewis, um, it's bought us, you know, coming down that slope. And usually in F1, <laughs> I used to always say this if you listen to my podcast. But if you're close to a turn, if you're close to a corner, it's better to be on the inside. So you get an advantage when you're, you know, racing with a competitor. You usually come out, you know, in front of them. But this particular time, because you come up from a slope and then you, when you're coming up from a slope, you kind of have to, I think, engage your brakes. This is just me assuming. I don't even drive. <laughs> But you have to engage your brakes and then you make the turn. So Bottas decides to stay on the inside. Lewis decides to take that. Outside of borders, which is a wiser decision, because considering that if he's on the outside coming down a slope, he's just going to make a perfect curve and go around you. But if you take the inside of a corner and you're coming from a slope, you have to break and then you turn. That's that's time wasted. You know, even in Formula One, even 0.0, you know, two something of a second is very important. So that's how Valtteri Bottas was overtaken by Lewis Hamilton. Lewis decided to choose the longer. Root outside but it was faster Walter decided to remain on the inside of the turn and eventually lost his position just like that so by lap 21 it was Hamilton leading the race Bottas was behind him in p2 Max Verstappen was in p3 Sergio Perez p4 Norris p5 Carlos Sainz jr p6 uh, Charles Leclerc p7 Esteban Ocon p8 Pierre Gasly p9 and Daniel Ricciardo p10 the bottom 10 had not changed at all by lap 22, he saw drivers and started pitting. And, you know, drivers were wondering, should we pit? Should we not pit? In fact, Lewis Hamilton wanted to pit, but he didn't. And so the first driver that pitted was Carlos Sainz Jr. He pits and gets medium tires, comes out, and he dropped down to the 16th position because previously he was in the 6th position, so he lost a good chunk of places. And he was in the 16th position, and then he moved up to the 15th position. It wasn't bad. Lap 23, London Norwich decided to pitch as well, and he dropped from the 5th position to the 10th position. And uh, by the time lap 23, Carlos Sainz Jr. was in the 11th position. Lab 24, Sebastian Vettel was also dropping. He dropped from the 11th position to the 16th position. And on the good side, Daniel Ricciardo had moved up to 7th place up from 10th place so he was gaining our places quite quickly and i always feel like in formula one (laughs) if i was a driver i'd be like i should pit fast because i just feel like i don't know if this strategy works for every race i'm yet to discover that but i feel like a driver who pits fast always has better advantage compared to a driver who pits last only 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 when you're like let me say in the top three do you need to pit late but if you're like you had a bad start or you've you've been you know your pace has been off pitting fast is better because you know you you get to warm up your tires you get to work the circuit much more earlier compared while others are still on the older tires but anyway Londoner repeated pitted fast before daniel ricardo and they can't always have you know two teams pitting at the same time I don't know if they will make it like that in the future. But anyway, by P- lap 25, Pierre Gasly also decided to pit. And now, Daniel Ricciardo had moved up to 6th place. While Pierre Gasly, who had pitted, came out. When he got out of the pits, he was in P11. Now, by lap 25, it's still the same lap, he was Hamilton leading. Water a second, Vastabin third, Perez fourth, Laclaire sixth, Ricciardo Sorry, laclaire fifth. Ricardo was in sixth place. Alonso was in the seventh place. Stroll was in eighth. Norris was ninth. He was still working his way up, even though he had dropped. Sainz, tenth. Russell, eleventh. Gasly, twelfth. Ocon, thirteenth. Vettel, fourteenth. Mick Schumacher, fifteenth. Antonio giovinazzi sixteenth. Mazapen, seventeenth. Sunoda, eighteenth. And Latifi, nineteenth. Now, I don't know why Latifi was that, you know, down below the grid. But he had a bit of a challenge during this race as well, and um, you know it's interesting. Daniel Ricciardo was working his way way up, and he had not pitted. I was instantly worried when I saw that because it was like, "You haven't pitted yet, and you're still working your way up." I'm like, "It's not bad," but then um, it, it it makes you lose a little bit of hope because of that. I think you'd rather pit, Ali. But then again, you could beat early and get, you know, issues and then, you know, still lose the race. I mean, racing is hard. Anyway, by lap 27, Ricardo had still moved up to 5th place. Do you see how he'd moved up his way from 16th and he was now up into 5th place? And at the exact, around that exact moment, seconds in that minute... Of the 12 of the 27th lap, lewis hamilton said the fastest lap of the race now he needs these fastest laps so badly in fact i was talking to my little sister and she was asking me why does you know it, you could find a race and verstappen is leading the race and he's fighting so hard to set the fastest lap?" and he said and she's like why do you need to set the fastest lap if you are ahead of the race if you're leading the race um and the simple answer to that is because when you set the fastest lap you get an extra point that helps you in the championship the drivers turnings and uh, when we had just left Imola it was Lewis Hamilton 44 points and um, Max Verstappen 43 points so if you can buy even an extra point you take it and then um, second of all aside from the extra points you do get a DHL award I think that's important the more trophies you collect in F1 the better and a third which should be the most motivating factor I think I assume I've heard this rumor a lot of times but when you say the fastest lap you do get extra money and who doesn't like money and in formula 1 they just don't give you like I don't know 20 grand or 30 grand you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars I assume I've heard this oh, a lot of the time so he said the fastest lap make more money so that's why you see you know you find a driver like Verstappen he's leading the race he's so far away but he's still fighting to say that fastest lap anyway by lap 28 charlotte claire had dropped down to p10 from p5 and i don't know what was happening why that happened but that happened and sebastian Vettel was now in the 13th place now by lap um by lap 33 nikisa Mazepin was in 13th place yeah Okay, let me just read for you. By lap thirty-three, it was Hamilton leading the race. Bottas in second place. Verstappen in third place. Sergio Perez fourth. Ricardo fifth. Alonso sixth. You see, when Alonso had worked his way up to the field, he was doing pretty, pretty great. But he added also pitted as well. Lando was seventh. Londoner is eighth. Carlos Sainz ninth. La tenth. Gasly eleventh. Esteban Ocon twelfth. Sebastian Vettel thirteenth. Antonio Giovanni 14th, Mick Schumacher 15th, Yuki Snowder 16th, Mazaben 17th, and 18th was Latifi, and George Russell was in 19th place. Why George Russell was that far down because previously he was in 11th place is because he had pitted. When he pitted, he dropped down to the 19th place. Now he is pitting also i don't know i wish you could do away with pitting sometimes i feel like some drivers should pit some drivers shouldn't pit like my favorite drivers shouldn't pit of course that's very selfish but yeah that 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 happens and this race all the teams really really worked hard in order for their drivers to only pit once because you want to limit the amount of time you spend in the pits because a second matters so much in f1 now on the 33rd lap nikki Zamazapin decided to pit, and that helped george russell because when he pitted he came out p19 and which pushed george russell up to p18 at the top of the grid by the 36th lap of the race max verstappen decided to pit, and he pitted and then he came out fourth behind sergio Perez, um Bottas, who was in p2 and lewis hamilton who was leading the race and he was ahead of Daniel Ricciardo in the fifth place Alonso was still in sixth straw was in seventh Norris was in eighth Signs ninth Charlotte uh, tenth now I, I don't I wonder sometimes with the whole hitting thing you see a college like George Russell he'll be like um in 11th place and then he pits and then he comes down 19th place that means he's lost like eight positions, right? And then you see someone like Max Verstappen who's like in the third place. He pits and then he comes out fourth Is it the car that gives him an advantage so he doesn't lose so many positions is it? his driving does he have so much time between him and you know the driver behind him and the driver before him, I'm, I really don't know, but I'm going to start analyzing that and, and you know, really, really understanding that. If you do understand that, please help me understand it. Please, please, please. I'm on Twitter, my handle is Formula One Amateur or Instagram ZF1 Amateur because I, I don't understand the drivers at the top. Pete, you find someone like Lewis Pitting and he's leading a race and he'll come out P2 or P3, but someone in the middle, like P8, pits and then they come out P12. 12 p 16 and I'm like why is it such a huge difference but anyway sometimes when you come down to thinking when you come down to thinking really but when you think about it at the top of the grid, you have, you know, a difference of one second between the drivers, one second between the first driver and the second driver, and one second between the second driver and the third driver. But when it comes to like the middle grid, you have a difference of zero point eight six five, zero point seven five four, zero point eight, you know, five three. So I guess the time, the gap, is very very narrow. So probably doesn't give them much room to get out ahead when they pit. Now, lap 38, Lewis pitted, and that gave Sergio Perez an opportunity to lead the race because when Lewis pitted, he came out P2, I think. So he pitted at the right moment. You also have to, I think. Like what I just said before, I don't want to repeat myself. You have to look at the time between you and the driver behind you and the driver ahead of you. But when Lewis pitted, Perez was leading the race. But bear in mind, Perez had not yet pitted. So it was a bit of a strategy for Red Bull to have one of their drivers either win the race or be on the podium. Because they had Perez leading the race and they had Max Maxwell just pitted right behind him. So Perez was leading the race with Hamilton behind him and Verstappen. Behind Hamilton, so those were the top three. Bottas was in the fourth place, so that means if Perez pitted, it would be Hamilton, Vastapen, and Bottas. So they still had a Red Bull driver. basically the sacrifice it happens it was Sasha Perez was like the sacrifice. Whether that was intentional or unintentional, I really, really don't know. But anyway, also came down qualifying. Perez didn't qualify high up there in order for him to have that huge of an advantage. He qualified fourth, Max qualified third, so. It's not so huge, but it makes all the difference in F1. Lap 39, Carlos Sainz Jr. was instructed to let his teammate Charles through. So that gave Leclerc the ninth position, pushing um, Carlos Sainz Jr. to the 10th position. Man, these things always suck. I just have to say that if you're like a, a driver, it always sucks when you're driving ahead. And they tell to let your teammate through. But sometimes it's almost like... A wise decision when these race engineers tell you to do that, it always sometimes pays off. I'm gonna say in uh, Imola, uh, Daniel Ricciardo was told to let London Norris through, and it actually paid off. As heartbreaking as that sounds, I'm not saying I do not want London Norris to do good, but uh, I'm a huge fan of the Honey Badger, so that paid off because London Norris ended up finishing on the podium. Now, lap 40, Lastro Pitted, he was in the seventh place, and then he came out P14. Just see what i was saying. Something has to be done about the pitting. Or there's just another thing about pitting that also matters. But we'll get into that later. I'm going to tell that later. Lab forty-one. It was um, it was a bit of a fight between Esteban Ocon and Carlos Sainz Jr. Um... And Carlos was now in P8. He had worked his way up even though I had told him to let his teammate through. He really pushed himself and pushed himself almost to the top of the grid and it was him and Esteban Ocon really fighting it out. Lab 42 Daniel Ricciardo decides to pit and uh, he was in 5th place when he pitted and he came out in 10th place and interestingly his teammate Landon Norris was now up in 5th place. One of the reasons a he had a slow pit stop. He, he, sorry, he had a slow pit stop. His pit stop lasted for about 4.2 seconds. That's a long time. And one of the reasons I had the commentator saying was that when he pitted, you also have to mind the way you pit. It also depends on you as the driver. There's some marks on the ground. I don't know if you've seen. You probably have seen this if you watch F1. When you go to the pits. There's always like red, not red, yellow tape on the floor demarcating where the car should be exactly. So if you drive into the pit and you drive maybe a little bit ahead of the line or a little bit backwards before the line, that affects your pit timing as well. Because you know this um the people that change the tires, the tire changes are kneeling on the ground and then the exact spot that you're supposed to pit they're supposed to change your task from so if you pit too far ahead then they have to kind of get up and move and come to change the task for you if you pit too far behind they have to come and move and change the task for you so that also costs you time in pitting and f1 and that is going to affect the way you perform in the race because you're going to come out behind another drive and that's going to push you backwards on the grid so you also have to mind about that if you're a future F1 driver, thank me. <laughs> anyway, so what Ricardo did, he bitted slightly ahead of the demarcation. So the Peters, I'm going to call them Peters, the tire changes, had to move up, get, you no know, kind, not move up, not get up on their feet. But, you know, they're usually kneeling, some of them, the ones who hold the drill gun that, you know, unhooks and hooks the tires. So they kind of have to move. And all that is time being wasted. Anyway, aside from that, on lap 44, uh, Valtteri Bottas, who was in P4 has his race engineer come on the radio and tell him you know what Valtteri Bottas your car is the fastest push 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 you can actually do it. A few seconds later Toto Wolff comes to the radio of and he's like telling Valtteri Bottas to push because he has the fastest car on the track and I feel uh, I had to me I perceived it this way but Toto Wolff sounded a little bit frustrated at, by the fact that you know Valtteri's car is the fastest he had the fastest pace on the track but he wasn't just pushing enough to get ahead of the other drivers at the front. And so he was like, you know, push, 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 but you know, Valtteri was saying that there was something wrong with his car. There was something wrong with his car, and I didn't understand. I didn't understand what. But we'll get into that later. By lap forty-five, it was Sergio Perez leading the race. Hamilton second, uh, Sebastian Vettel. I'm sorry, Max Verstappen third. Valtteri Bottas fourth. Lando Norris fifth. Um, Charlotte Leclerc sixth. Esteban Ocon seventh. Carlos Sainz Jr. Eighth. Pierre Gasly 9th, Daniel Ricciardo 10th, Al- Fernando Alonso 11th, Sebastian Vettel 12th, Antonio Giovinazzi 13th, uh, Lance Stroll 14th, Yuki Tsunoda 15th, George Russell 16th, Nicholas Latifi 17th, Mick Schumacher 18th, and Nikita Mazepin was in the 19th place now Russell explained why he wasn't doing so well because he kept he came onto the radio and he said that his draw was undrivable, especially in the windy traffic because remember Portimao the track itself it was a bit windy and interestingly they were driving against the wind if they were driving with the wind pushing them maybe they could have been faster maybe you know DRS would have been fast because imagine you're like gonna straight and you've got DRS and the wind is also pushing you so fast then you've been super 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 fast but uh, he had issues with his car by lap 46 and Nikita Mazepin was being lapped in flag in fact the blue flag was out for him because he almost he almost crashed in two marks for and you know if you're at the bottom of a grid and you have someone at the top of the grid coming at you and they're getting you you have to get out of the way and let them pass which, like the commentator said, ruins the race for those at the back of the grid because if you have your, you know, you're in 18th place, you're fighting with a person in 17th place, and then a the person in the first place comes, you have to let go of your fight and give them priority. So it kind of messes you up a bit there. But those are the rules. My lap 49, Daniel Ricciardo had moved up as well. He had moved up to ninth place after overtaking Pierre Gasly. Remember when Daniel Ricciardo pitted, he dropped down to 10th. Place. now lap 51 Sergio Perez who had been leading the race for quite a while was overtaken by Lewis Hamilton so it was Lewis leading the race and that's pretty understandable Sergio Perez was on worn out tires he, he had not yet pitted at all and Lewis was on newer tires so he lost out on that and uh, within that same lap sorry about that Fernando Alonso was in within the range of Daniel Ricciardo and of course uses the and overtook Daniel Ricciardo Taking the ninth position, pushing down, pushing Daniel Ricciardo to the tenth place. By lap 52, Nikita Mazapan, who was still fighting, got a five second penalty for ignoring blue flags. Now he was currently in P19, and um, he got a five second penalty for ignoring the blue flags, not letting the people at the front overlap. Outlap him, overlap, it's overlap overlap him and Sergio Perez had gone to the pits and when he came out of the pits he was now p4 so he pitted p2 came out p4 he said he only lost like two positions i should say one or two positions i should i should say lap 57 Antonio Giovinazzi did something beautiful there beautiful there he overtook Sebastian Vettel putting Sebastian Vettel in p13 while he placed himself in p12 it was a beautiful overtake Around that time that I told you that's close to the pit exit. He just went on the outside got more pace and boom He did it. It was it was beautiful Now interestingly lap 58 it was confirmed that Valtteri Bottas indeed had a power unit issue that they had to fix but um, they fixed it there and then because they could communicate with the car from the pits without him having to pit. Lap 64, Valtteri Bottas decided to pit for softer tyres and he came out third with Verstappen ahead of him and Lewis Hamilton ahead of Verstappen. By the last lap, lap not the last lap, second last lap, lap 65, ricardo was pushing hard. He overtook Carlos Sainz to take the ninth place. Placing Carlos Sainz Jr. in the tenth position, Max Verstappen also took a risk. He pitted, and he came out P two. His pit stop was so fast; it's la- it lasted one point two seconds. I think one point two seconds, one second and something. But uh, that's how quick it was. And I remember when he pitted in that last lap, Lewis was like, "Should I pit? Should I pit? Should we pit?" And then his race engineer was like, "Maybe, but um, it was getting to the last lap, so." <sighs> It, I, I also felt like it was pointless, Sir Lewis didn't pit. And anyway, we came to the end of the race. And here are the results from the race, ladies and gentlemen. His 97th win in Formula 1. You can guess who won the race. Lewis Hamilton, indeed. The greatest. Alleged, alleged 44. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. So Lewis Hamilton won the race in P1. Max Verstappen was in P2. He said the fastest lap of the race, which gave him 19 points. But he was stripped of the fastest lap award because he had exceeded track limits and the fastest lap therefore went to Valtteri Bottas so from 2020 to 2021 Valtteri Bottas has set the fastest lap in Portugal so let me read this again. P1 Lewis Hamilton, P2 Max Verstappen, P3 Valtteri Bottas, P4 Sergio Perez, P5 Lando Norris, P6 Charles Leclerc, P7 Esteban Ocon, P8 Fernando Alonso, P9 Daniel Ricciardo, P10 PA Gasly, P11 Carlos Sainz Jr, P12 Antonio Giovinazzi, P13 Sebastian Veto, P14 Lance Stroll. P15 Yuki Tsunoda, P16 George Russell, P17, Mick Schumacher, P18, Nicholas Latifi, P19, Nikita Mazepin, and P20, Kimmy Raikkonen, who was out of the race. And that's how Portugal happened. That's how Portugal happened. The disappointing thing, when um, Max Verstappen got out of the car, he had finished driving the race, he was about to get into the podium. And those interviews, they do before you get into the podium and pop the champagne and then he was told that um he had been stripped of his fastest lap for, because of exceeding track limits. He was a bit disappointed, but nevertheless, it it was okay. So the fastest lap award went to Walter Bottas. So Walter Bottas has topped he Monaco, I should say, is his place. Um, Start as say Monaco, Portugal is his circuit. It's his strong circuit. Daniel Ricardo, another man I thought did pretty well. He was finished P nine. He began the race P sixteen, which is quite an improvement, I should say. Fernando Alonso is another driver who did quite well. Began P thirteen, finished P eight. He moved up a couple of positions, five positions. That's a good performance, I should say. Nicolas Latifi didn't move at all. He qualified P eighteen finished the race p18 he had a problem i think with the car i should reckon george russell who was close to getting into the points qualified p11 unfortunately the race was hard for him because of a car that was undrivable. just like he said so he finished the race p16 yuki senodo dropped down a position he qualified p14 finished the race p15 but for a rookie I feel like he's very impressive more practice if he stays the way he is but just you know gets better doesn't go backwards but gets better I feel like he's going to be one to watch and one exciting guy to see racing he has the speed he has a desire you can just feel the hunger within him as he races by just seeing what he does on the track if he could also stop you know exceeding track limits that would be for his you know, it would help him a lot as well not to lose points and not to get those white flags. Sebastian Vettel lost two positions. He qualified P10, finished the race P13. Nevertheless, he pushed it. He pushed it. He finished ahead of his teammate Lance Stroll, who finished P14. Impressive performance for Antonio Giovinazzi as well. He qualified P12 and finished the race P12. I know he didn't move up, he didn't move down, but Alpha Romeo, I feel like that is much, that's an improvement to me. And his teammate, Kimi Raikkonen, was out of the race anyway. Gasly qualified P9, lost the position and finished P10. I don't know what was happening there, but um he didn't do too badly as well. He didn't do too badly. London Norris, this guy is one to watch. Qualified P7, finished P5, was on the podium last week you know, in Bahrain, he also did some spectacular work. He's one to watch. He's fast, he's hungry, and he really, really wants to do it, you know. And I also think, uh, this is just my assumption, but, you know, he's he's in McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo's right there. He doesn't want to be beaten by Daniel Ricciardo, you know. He wants to also be, like, some sort of leader, some, yeah, an experienced driver in his own right, which he is. And it's time he stopped... They stopped calling him the rookie of the young one. Uh, what? So he's proving himself. Sergio Perez, I feel so good for him. He qualified P4, finished P4. His teammate finished P2. That's Max Verstappen. Not too bad. You know, if you're in Red Bull and you you know you're qualifying P8, you're finishing P10, man, you should. I think you start to think that you know you're going to be pushed out of the team, or you will not have the seat at the end of the year. Not even the end of the year; they could change you mid-season. So for him to finish up, you know, within the top five, that's good. Because I distinctly remember Christian Horner saying, "You can't have a driver finishing P1 and another driver finishing, you know, P10. That's just impossible. If you keep the gap between the drivers so close to each other." then that's better for them that's impressive for them and it's it's red bull red bull is super super competitive if you can't stand the fire you have to get out you know you have to let go so many people have been disappointed by red bull but i guess that's also that's what makes red bull red bull you know that's what makes it a top team as well because they don't mess around they don't waste time you know you're not delivering on the goals you know de- delivering what they expect from you then they let you go to find a way of delivering that. I don't know somewhere else. It's kind, quite harsh, but that's how they do it. A bit disappointed for Valtteri Bottas finishing P three. I also think Toto Wolf was a bit disappointed, to be honest. But um, you know he qualified on pole. And this there's something about Valtteri Bottas. 2020 topped all the practice sessions. He did that here in 2021. He Set the fastest lap in 2020. He got the fastest lap in 2021 finished p3 in the previous grand prix in 2020 in portugal he's also finished p3 in the in the portuguese grand prix 2021 i don't know it's just is it luck i don't know <laughs> it's just how it's done for him but i sense a bit of um, um i didn't feel like total was super excited about it although both mercedes drivers won the podium because ideally honestly my own eyes would, i feel like botas should have won the race but he did good. He pref- he was on the podium. And that's the thing people say. In Mercedes, you can, you know, you can push a Mercedes car. You can drive it. The second car alongside Lewis Hamilton. And you'll finish P2 and people will still think, you know, you just didn't good, do good enough. Only because you're next to the world champion. It's hard. It's honestly hard. It's like, imagine a scenario where Sebastian Vettel is at the top of his game. Four-time world champion. And, you know, Lance Stroll is just coming in second all the time. That would be a good performance. But still... I don't know there's this expectation that you should also perform at their level exactly which is what makes formula one super super difficult sometimes but also interesting when you think about it yes and that was um the Portuguese grand prix i hope you enjoyed it i hope you had a good time i hope you loved it see you next sunday as we go to barcelona in spain hopefully fernando will do amazing things you know if alonso colour signs were on the podium that would be brilliant that would be amazing for them considering it's their home country. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. Now remember to stay connected with me. Visit my social media on Twitter. My handle is at Formula One Amateur. On Instagram my handle is Z for me Z F one Amateur. That's spelled as Z double E F one amateur i will be glad to hear from you and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast rate it leave a review it helps a lot thank you so much for listening in and see you then bye bye